Hey, welcome to Younger and Older with Jason and Dave. And we love having fun on the show, just talking about whatever comes to mind, whether it's something that's trending on the news feeds, whether it's something that's been on our hearts, or just something that maybe we don't even plan on talking about, because this is a conversation and that's how conversations go. Yep. Right, Dave? Right. Have you read anything really stupid lately that people are doing? Well, you shared with me something stupid, and oh. it was it, it's like literally like trending because- Yeah, but I don't like, know if it is. I think, you know, I'm an old guy. I wouldn't do some of the things that people do. Well, either would I, and I'm not even that old. Yet, yeah. You know, but it seems like every year there's like internet trends. You know, I remember years ago, um, there was like the Harlem Shake- I think oh, that's yeah. what it was called, yeah. which is kind of silly. Yeah. And then there was the uh, the ice bucket challenge. Oh yeah. Yep. That people did on the internet. Yep. And then I can't remember if there was anything in between that. Anyways, po- there's that Pokemon stuff. Sometimes we oh, should po- do a, we should Pokemon do a show Go. on that. Someday, oh yeah, we could talk about that sometime. It, but, yeah. You know. uh, but anyways, this just popped up on the news, and I don't I wouldn't say this is a good one, um, but you know those laundry pods, Dave. Yes. Well, I guess there's a laundry pod challenge <laughs> that is currently going on. And you, you laugh, but I do. this is actually happening where like the CDC is like can, flipping out. Can I share something with you about that? Sure. I, well, I haven't, I haven't told anything yet. Well, just the idea. Go ahead. Okay. Tell something and then I'll share it. So the challenge is this. You film yourself eating a laundry pod. Hmm. And this is- Dave, for, can I ask you an honest question? Is this for what reason? Can I just ask you, can I ask you an honest question? Please do. At any point in time in your entire life, have you ever woken up and had an idea saying, hmm, let me think about this. It's a good, desirable thing. Let me go grab a laundry pot and Never. put it in my mouth and chew Never. it. I was, that, <laughs> that's what I wanted to share with you. When I was a kid, yeah. soap in your mouth was used for a certain reason. Oh, absolutely. I remember seeing, I mean, we just got done with Christmas, but on the Christmas story, yep. they, you know, they put soap in the mouth. Did you never get soap in your mouth? Uh, I don't recall. Uh, it doesn't taste good, man. I, I can't imagine. Oh, and, and parents knew how to do it. They Especially it, nowadays with liquid foaming soap. Yeah, Who knows well, how that would they go? used to put a bar of soap in your mouth, and they knew how to do it. They would take it and scrape it on your upper teeth. You know? Ooh. And soap tastes terrible. Yeah, it does. So if you had a potty mouth, you got soap in your mouth. And, and it was for anything. You could have been disrespectful and gotten it. And got soap in the mouth. Yeah, I mean, the soap in the Did mouth. Did you get soap in your mouth oh, often? No, I didn't. Actually, I was a very compliant kid. Did your brother get soap in the he mouth? He probably did. I don't remember, <laughs> but he probably got it that yeah. in the back of a few hands a lot more than I did. But <laughs> the, the bottom line really is the soap in the mouth was a punishment. Right. And everybody saw it as a punishment. Right. So putting it in your mouth today... You know, I happen to read that article, and I'm thinking, you know, everyone that has any semblance of sanity yeah. is saying this isn't a good idea. Right. And it's not a good idea because, you know, there's some things that can't be fixed in life. If right. you do something stupid. Like putting a laundry pot in your mouth. And, and eating it. Right. You could die. You could die. Like, it's not even like a joke. No. There's chemicals in there. There's, and you could die. Even if you spit it out, it's still going in your mouth. Right. So let me ask you this, yes. though, Jason. So let's say you did it. Yeah. Or, or let's put it in a different scenario. Your, your son did it. He thought, well, I saw this on a video challenge. Which is the problem that they're having is that kids are seeing this and not wanting to do it. But That's yes, right. So say, let's say, say he did my it. Son saw and then he, he, he tries to spit it out and he says, well, Dad, I didn't mean it, so I'll probably be okay. Right. It I, I didn't know it would hurt me, so can you help me not be sick? And, and I would be helpless because he's already done it. Exactly. You know, it's not like I can go back and take the soap out of his he, mouth. You know, even if he swallowed a little bit, it's not like, I, sure, I can try to, you know, 
help him gag or something, but it does that still doesn't prevent it from already being in his system. Yeah. If Here, that, if that were the case. Here's the principle, I think. We we try and talk principles yep. just in general. The principle is if you're going to do something that's actually going to alter the state that you are. Yes. And then go and say, "Well, I didn't mean it. I was just kidding." Right. There's nothing you can do about the state that you are right. at that point. Right. So if I'm going to say, you know what, I bet you, did you ever see those cartoons? When I was a kid, the big controversy was, uh, you know, the slapstick cartoons where, where, where people would like fall off a building and bounce off of awnings on buildings right. and land on their feet. Right, right. And they were afraid, you know, kids are going to be jumping off buildings. Right. Actually, people tried that stuff. You know what I mean? It was like you saw it on cartoons. You thought, oh, this wow, is okay. I could fall on that awning down there you know, on survive. this building. And they didn't realize to go right through the awning. You know, and, and end up breaking something that they can't get fixed later. Right. There are so many times where people try something at a, at a dare. Have you, ever, have you ever been with a bunch of guys and they just dare you to do something and you do it and then you, real, you realize right away this was not that smart? Uh, I, I ran a marathon because of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least that was something healthy yeah, for me. Yeah. But that was, it was the same sort of thing. It was me and a couple of other people sitting around a room like, hey, you should do that. And we all ended up doing it. At One least of, that was a healthy thing. But yeah. there are most often cases it becomes something that's not a good thing that you get dared into doing. Yeah. Through the fifty years here, I mean, there's there's times where, you know, I've been called to an emergency and you look at it and someone said, Well, I just was daring them to, you know, jump off the top of that bridge and see if the water was deep enough or something. And you're right. looking at it going, Seriously? You did what to him? Yeah. Yeah. You have to be careful when other people start challenging you to do something. Right that they won't do and they won't teach you how and they can't guarantee that it'll turn out okay. Right. Because really they want to kind of laugh at you for right. doing it. Absolutely. And, they, and they're hoping you don't get hurt in the process. But I wouldn't be that guy. Right. Um, because there's things that happen to you. In the Bible, in, in Hebrews, um, do you know, you, do we all know what, re, you know what repentance is? If I say the word repent, what does that mean? Repent. It, it's to want to turn back and change it. Okay. So basically, the, the way the Bible uses it, way. it's a thought process. Yeah. And a lot of times what we do in America is we make it a, um, a, a thing process. So I'm going to behave, and we think that's repenting. It right. really isn't. It's, it starts with the brain. Right. It starts with the brain saying, I'm going to do what's right. And then you have to do what's right because the brain said it. You know, it'd be, it, it, and that's a very important illustration to have. Esau in the Bible, do you remember the story of Jacob and Esau? Yes, that's where um, he gave away his birthright, right? Right, for a pot of porridge. It must have been some good porridge. Yeah, he was just so hungry. The point all the way through the Bible was simple. uh, Esau had this urge or this desire. Everybody that's listening has urges and desires, everyone. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you want to just punch somebody. I mean, whatever the urge is, we all have urges, we all have desires. And, and they could be for all kinds of reasons. Mm-hmm. The bottom line really is Esau's life is always condemned by mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Because what he did, it wasn't that he had the urge or desire. It's that he let the urge or desire control him. Right. So those people that, that say, well, you know, I just felt like doing that, so I had to do it. You know, no, you, you do not need to do what you have the urge to do. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do that. Right. You don't need to do what you feel like doing. Right. That's a lie. Uh, in fact, often, you know, I, I, those who set alarms and get up in the morning, they might want to sleep longer. Those who go to bed when they're supposed to, they might want to go to bed later. You know, I mean, right. you don't have to follow the dictates of, of how you feel. Well, Esau, what came in from a field, if you know the story, and he was just really hungry. And we're, it's referenced here in Hebrews chapter 12. 
and uh, about the 15th verse, you can go look at it. But he's referenced there because Esau was being guided by his feelings, and he gave up his birthright to his brother. Now, this was a big deal, and that's not the point of this program, so we're not going to go into it. Yeah. But he gave up something that was very important. Mm-hmm. And after he gave it up, he realized what he did wrong. Right. And he wanted to repent. He wanted to change. He wanted it back. He wanted it so that it didn't happen that way. Mm-hmm. It couldn't be done. Right. It can't be done. You know, um, I can read it to you. It says, uh, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. This is starting with the 15th verse in, in Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. That no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau. Now remember, the only reason he was unholy, the reason he, he was doing something he shouldn't have done, he was allowing his emotions, his feelings to control him to the point where he was making bad decisions. Emotions, feelings, controlling him to the point where he made bad decisions, okay? So what happened was he sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent. Mm -hmm. In other words, he came thinking, well, if I just say I'm sorry when I'm done with this, everything will be put back the way it's supposed to be. Right. Sorry. Right. It's not how it works. If you're going to eat those laundry pods, if you're going to do that, Mm -hmm. and then you're going to say, well, I don't want to get sick. I don't want to have diarrhea. I don't want to have, sorry. You're going to have the effects of eating the laundry pods. Right. Yeah, but for a moment there, my friends thought I was really cool. That's the Esau moment, if you want to call it. The, right. bo- the bowl of porridge moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, you have kids, Jay. So I do. Do they ever have these moments where they just do something they shouldn't do because they felt like it? Uh, yeah, because they don't, I mean, they're, they're in the process of learning that. So how do we teach them? How do we, how do we teach people in general? How do you learn? How do I learn? How do we learn that because you have a feeling or an emotion or something, you, you don't have to act on it? Right. How do we do that? Because our culture almost is teaching us if you feel like something, you, you have feel, to take care of it. Just do it. If yeah. it feels good, do it. So why would we say no to those feelings? I think, and that's the, the process of us as Jesus followers, to, to take our thoughts and our desires and line them up with the principles that God wants us to live by. You know, because we've talked about in previous shows where the heart is deceitful. Right. You know, and so just because we have a feeling or thought doesn't mean that it's a pure feeling or thought. And so there's where, where we need to take every thought captive, you know, to use another do we, word. Yeah. And so then it, it, how do we do that? It, I have to try to help my boys understand that process and do that. And they're going to fail at times in doing that, just like I fail at times in doing that. So but that's the, where we need to, to, to try that. In the small areas, you need to let them feel the pain of failure. Right. Because I think what's happening is there are so many parents that are helicopter parents, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And what's happening is they will not allow their children to feel the, the pain of the smaller decisions in their lives. So what they think is, I can make a bad decision. Mm-hmm. I can do something really stupid and mom and dad will bail me out. Or, right. or God, then you pray for me and, and everything will be fine because I didn't mean to do it in the first place. Right. Or I did mean to do it, but I didn't mean to have the consequences. So somehow I want to get out of this. Right. It doesn't happen. Your children, as young as they are, you have a golden opportunity to teach them that if they do something really silly, right. go ahead and let them suffer. Right. Because that's what you have to teach them is there's no way for me to dismiss the suffering for this. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you've started to give them at least the mechanism to make good decisions down the road. Right. 
Um, I, I, I really am afraid that many people will be surprised when they stand before God someday because they really think, well, I'll just tell them, you know, sorry, I didn't know this was going to happen this way. Mm-hmm. And it did happen this way right. because of their decisions to take care of all their urges and their desires right now and not think of the future, not think of the way God meant it to be. Right. Um, you know, our urges and desires, our feelings are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the reason, I think, is to tell me who I really am. So let's say I'm, I'm, I'm seeing you and you, you're bothering me and I want to punch you, but I don't punch you. So I think I'm a pretty good guy because I didn't punch you. Mm-hmm. I would ask our listeners to do this, back that bus up a little further and say, why did I want to punch him in the first place? Right. You know, what is it that's possessing me that made me want to do this? And that's the area I want to start talking to somebody about and straighten out. Right. Not, I didn't punch him, so I'm a good person. No, I, I wanted to. Dave Wager still has that in him where he wants to punch a guy. Where did it come from? Why do I want to do it? I want to get to the point when I see somebody, even if I don't like them, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying I don't like you, obviously, but I, I want to be able to think, what can I do to help this person? Right. Not, what can I do to punch this person? Right. And that... Our feelings, our emotions help us get a, a, a level five, listen to our other communication stuff. That's right. A, a level five understanding of who we really are right. and allows us to deal with something in a, in a true manner. Right. Um, and I wouldn't be eating those pods if I understood what I just said. Right. And I think, like you said, there, there's so much correlation to life in general. And you don't just do something to do it. You know, And that's why I think the more that we can train ourselves to think about you know, the, the, the thoughts and the feelings that we have and say, all right, God, is this, is this something I should pursue or not? You know, whether it's something silly or stupid, like a Tide Pod challenge. Um, so I think we're just tipping off the iceberg here, Dave, and we'll be right back with Younger and Older. Hey, welcome back to Younger and Older with Jason and Dave. And we've been talking about um, kind of repentance a little bit, and we, we, we kind of went at it a somewhat silly way, stupid way. Yeah, eating, we eating detergent. Eating detergent pods or Tide Pods. I don't know if Tide wants to be affiliated with it, but uh, you know that they are. Um, so if you're listening, case in point, first thing and foremost, don't put a Tide Pod. Don't put a pod Change in it to egg roll challenge. Yeah, egg roll challenge, Have fruit roll-up roll. challenge. Yeah, something you know, that's edible. Twinkie challenge. That's right. You know, well, I don't know if that's edible or not, but anyways, different oh, discussion. Yeah. But you know, I, I was thinking for the second half of this, this episode, Dave, what if we were to kind of dig a little bit deeper and, and I mean, we talked about a little bit of the spiritual side of it, but what if we were to kind of go a little bit deeper theological, okay. you know, because I think what a lot of times do is that we, this idea of sin in our lives and repentance, I think is a bigger issue than we, than we want to give way to. I mean, you look at Esau and we just read the verse in Hebrews where, you know, he sought repentance with tears and he didn't have it, yeah. you know, and I think a lot of it in Esau's case is that he was more not wanting the consequences of his decision rather than being sorry about his, you know, and, and taking about his original decision. And I think likewise, many believers today, you know, right. a lot of times we get caught and it's like, oh man, I got caught. And you feel bad about getting caught, but you don't necessarily feel bad about doing it in the first place. Right. Does that make sense? Right. And so, and that's not repentance. Right. I mean, yeah, you're repentant because you got the consequence. But really, true repentance is not wanting to do that, whatever it is, in the first place. Yeah, it's aligning your brain with what's right. Right. It's you know, not. Just it's a lifestyle action. change. Yeah. You know, it's it's not saying, "Oh, I got caught, so I'm not going to do it again." It's like, "No, I shouldn't have done that because that's not what God wants me to do. So therefore, yeah. I'm not going to do it again." In fact, repentance is. I, I mean, someone who's not married that acts married to somebody could be quite irritating. So, 
Okay. So so let's say let, let's just say. Okay. Let's go down the that somebody um, just thought that your wife was just the the best person ever walked the planet. Besides you, somebody else thought that. Okay. So they decided they were going to act married to her. Yeah. But you're married to her. Right. How irritating would this person be? Oh, very much. Yeah. So. Why? Because they're they're acting something that they cannot be and are not. Right. Right. Now, even if you took somebody that was single. And, and they started to say, well, I'm just going to you know, act like we're married. Mm-hmm. Acting like you're married doesn't make you married. Right. Absolutely. However, being married, you should act like you're married. Right. And that's where we get it all messed up. Right. We, we think repentance is, I need to act right so that God will accept me. Mm-hmm. No, God will accept you if you come to him understanding your sinful condition and you come to him understanding you're separated from him because of your sin, and you put your trust in his son Jesus, you can come to God. Mm-hmm. When you come to God, you actually are amazed at his grace and mercy, and you act like you're amazed at his grace and mercy. Yeah. Now, I could tell you that you should act like you're amazed before you're amazed, and that's where we get into trouble. You're not. In fact, uh, if you look at Matthew 7, Jesus said this in the 21st verse. He said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. What's interesting there in that passage to me, um, Jason, is that God was saying, I never knew you. It's not that the person didn't know who God was. Right. They knew who God was. Satan knows who God is. Right. Satan knows who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Satan will never be a part of God's kingdom. He won't be in heaven. See, what, what happens here is I would like to challenge the, the people who are listening. Mm-hmm. Your life, your fruit of your life, that your life shows you what you actually believe. Right. So here's what your tendency is. I'm going to act a certain way so that I th- believe a certain way about myself. So I'm going to act like a Christian, therefore I am. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's not how one becomes a Christian because then the only theology you have left is when I cease acting like a Christian, I'm no longer a Christian. So you've worked your way to heaven on that one. Mm-hmm. You're saying if I act like it, I am one. No. But here's the reverse of that. If you are truly a child of God, you will act like a child of God. Absolutely. And I think so often in today's culture, we say that we're a Jesus follower, but then live a totally different lifestyle. Right. You know, we, we just go uh, go ahead and, you know, you shared an article with me today that talked about, you know, what is a Christian. Right. You know, and there are some poignant statements. And so there's one, you know, it says a Christian is not someone who belongs to a cult that mentions Jesus but does not follow the truths of the Bible. So it's like saying I'm a, I'm a Jesus follower, but then I don't really follow anything in the Bible. That doesn't make me a Mm-mm. Jesus follower. Not at all. You know, a Christian is not someone who was born and raised in a Western nation. You right. know? So just for the fact that I'm over here and we're, I'm in a, quote, Christian nation, that doesn't make me a Christian. Nope. You know, or the fact that my parents are Christians, that right. doesn't make me a Christian. You know, or, you know, I said a prayer once when I was younger at a camp. So... That, that made me a Christian, even though I just kind of live my life as I do because I want to live it to the Yeah, point. and I didn't really know what I said anyway. Right, you know, but I prayed the prayer. Right. You know, that doesn't make you a Christian, no. you know. And it's not somebody who, you know, Jesus was a great guy, did a lot of cool things, you know, but he was just a dude. You know, that doesn't make you a Christian. Nope. You know, a Christian is someone who believes they must, you know, certain duties to be saved, so I got to do certain things to be saved. You know, that's not what nope. Christianity is all about. 
you know, and it's not, you know, about being good. You know, what it is, is when you say that you are a Jesus follower, it's realizing what Jesus did on the cross for you. You paid the ultimate sacrifice and it's saying, you know what? I, I trust and know that he did that. And so with my life, I want to become like Christ right? because he's the one who's become my righteousness. Why? Because the mere moment that we sinned separated us from God for eternity. Right. And so because of our imperfection, we can't even be in the presence of God. That's our problem. But Jesus was the solution to that. That's what righteousness means is that he's the one who takes our place. And so he looks, when God looks at us, he looks at us through Jesus who is righteous because he's never sinned and then sees us. So we take on his righteousness. And so the more we become like Christ because of that, that's what it means to be a Jesus follower, Dave. You know, and that's that's what, you know, and so it, it frustrates me a lot when you have, you know, young people or even older people saying, oh, I'm a Jesus, you know, I'm a Christian. And yet there's no fruit. There's no nothing. There, there's no desire to do anything. And it and, makes me wonder, you know, it's not my place, you know, but it, it just makes you wonder like. Uh, and it's awful tiring. It's awful tiring right. to keep pretending. Absolutely. You know, the, the idea of fruit is very simple. If I'm, a, if I'm an apple tree and I have apples hanging on my branches, it's not because I worked overly hard to get them there. It's because I absorbed the right things. Right. The apple tree is not going to have pears. It's not going to have raspberries. It's not going to have a bunch of other things. We can identify it by its fruit. The honest truth is it doesn't matter what you put on Facebook or Snapchat or whatever else you're on. It doesn't, that's not determining who you are. There's a real person in there. Right. And, and the fruit of how you live, the fruit of how you think, the peace that is in your heart, those things can only happen if you're truly in God's family. Right. And to be in God's family, as Jason was talking about, it, it, it's where you come to God and you realize, my sin has separated me. The Bible tells us, Romans 3.23, that everybody has sinned. It separates us from God and from the purpose of, that God has for us. When you realize that, mm-hmm. and it's not about you anymore, it's about God and his love and his mercy, right. and you put your trust in Jesus Christ, you become a child of God. Mm-hmm. Now that you've understood it's not about you, it's about his love. It's not about your works, it's about his mercy. Now it's about his grace. After his mercy, there's his grace. You get more than you could ever deserve because now you're his child, act like his child. Right. If you're not acting like a child of God, Mm-hmm. My question to you is, are you? Right. That's all. Now, you could say, okay, I'll act like it tomorrow. You've just defeated what I just said. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not saying act like a child of God if you're not. Right. That's even more harmful because you're, you're deceiving yourself. And Jeremiah 79, and we've talked about it, says your heart's deceitful and, and wicked, and you need to understand that. The truth is that there are certain fruits of the Spirit, those who are true Christians— they have the spirit that lives within them, and there are fruits that are there. Mm-hmm. It's not that, that you're not growing and developing and that you have everything put together all the time, but the fruits are there. And if the fruits aren't there, you have to ask yourself, what have I trusted in? Right. And, and honestly, um, if you're trusting in your own works, um, I even have people come to me, Jason, and they say, well, you know, years ago I was a Christian, I'm not now, and I just look at them and think, well, what changed? Yeah. What do you mean? They said, "Well, now I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, now I'm not believing like I used to." I said, "You know what? Here's the problem with what you're presenting to me. Somehow you have figured out a way that there's a line where you're good enough and you believe enough, and there's something enough where God will now accept you." Right. That's not how it works in adoptions. Mm-hmm. You are somebody who is sinful. I am sinful. I am needy. I can offer God nothing. 
when you get that, what you realize is when you put your trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you become a, God, you become a part of God's family. And John 10, 28, 29 says, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Mm-hmm. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which is greater than all, it goes on to talk about how God puts us in his hand, his Father puts his hand over us. Basically, they become our Father. God becomes our Father. And in that, we're protected. Yeah. It had nothing to do with my works. Right. However, if I understand that, then my works are different than those who are not part of the family of God. Absolutely. That's all we're saying. Use your works and your feelings. We've talked about that with Esau. Use your works and your feelings to help you honestly evaluate where you're at. Mm-hmm. And if you're not a member, one of the most tragic things, this passage where people will stand before God, say, Lord, Lord, and talk about we've said things in your name, we've done things, sounds like a bunch of church people. Mm. And, and then God's going to say, but I never knew you. Right. Well, what's with the knowing you stuff? I thought it was all actions. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's knowing me right. and, and, and loving me. And if you know me and love me, you're going to act like it. Absolutely. Um, your kids um, are growing up, and they're beginning to act like little Kempers. <laughs> yeah. Is that unusual? No. They should. They should, right. Your, your older son wants to come over to camp all the time and, and you know, boss people around. And, <laughs> you know, kidding, of course. Of but course. he wants to come and... And do what I do. Do what you do. Absolutely. You know, he wants to swing a hammer. He wants yep. to do what you do. He wants to he wants to be you. Yep. Boy, that's not unusual. Right. Right. Um, I act a lot like my dad. Mm-hmm. My brother acts a lot like my dad and my mom. I mean, you put them both in there. I mean, no it's, kidding. it's a combination. No kidding. We do. <laughs> you know, so we act a lot like the families we grew up in. Right. It's not unusual. If I go and speak somewhere now and people knew my dad, it's not unusual for them to come later and say, boy, you're like your dad. Right. And I go, you know, overtly, I'm not trying to do that. Right. But how can I not be? Mm-hmm. You know, he influenced my life in such a way where I have to be like him. Right. Whether I like it or not. Mm-hmm. If you want to allow your life to change, you need to allow God to be in your life to the level where he'll change it just by being around him. Right. And likewise, you be around people who love God they will help you change your life to be like those who love God because they love God. Mm-hmm. Your actions, your private moments, and how you think and how you feel indicate how you are. Yeah. And if you are not one of God's children, I would stop whatever you're doing today and come to God and talk to him about how needy you are and accept his gift of his son as your savior and start to enjoy getting to know God and adjusting according to loving him mm. and knowing him. And your life will begin to show it, and you won't even have to work at it because I don't work at being a wager, and your kids don't work at being a Kemper. Right. It just happens. It just happens because of the environment they choose to put themselves in or have been put in, right. whether they like it or not. Right. Likewise with Christianity. Absolutely. And the more that you spend time getting to know God— the more that you'll become like him. And that's why it's so crucial. We did a, in, you know, an episode recently about that same thing. You know, and so I encourage you, if, if, if you're sitting here listening and you feel challenged, or even if you want somebody to talk to, 
go to relate365.com. If you want somebody to talk to, scroll to the bottom of the page. There's a button you can click on to talk to somebody, talk through whatever issues are going on in your life. Otherwise, you could always click on some past episodes because our goal in this in this conversation that we have every time is to help you guys live practically for, for Jesus. And we hope that you can do that. Um, so thank you for joining us this week, and we will see you next time here on Younger and Older with Jason and Dave.